Grammarly strives to help people understand one another by offering suggestions to strengthen their writing and say what they really mean. Grammarly's suggestions help identify and replace complicated sentences with more efficient ones, refresh repetitive language, and ensure accurate spelling, punctuation, and grammar. Click the link in this week's episode description to download Grammarly for free to your desktop and start writing better and more efficiently today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Chopa. And this week, we have, of course, another fantastic episode for you. Um, so, you know, along this journey, I have a lot of people that I have so much respect for, and I'm so curious about the work that they're doing, and I truly believe that they're putting good out into this world. And there are some that I just really connect with, and I want to get to know better. And, you know, I don't believe in the whole, like, everything happens for a reason. I know some of you do, and, like, if that works for you, great. Um, But I do think that sometimes if you allow yourself to see consequences as the universe working on your side, you'll find that that everything seems a little bit more intentional and um so I do that sometimes it's more for like a validation I suppose but um this week's guest definitely was one of those people that I feel like our paths were just meant to cross like I feel like we really connected and got each other and that was really really nice to have um I want to give a trigger warning before we get into this week's episode Um, There is uh, a lot of mention of suicide. Um, No graphic details, but still, if that's something that you're sensitive to, please, 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 please always, always take care of your mental health and your mental well-being and do what's best for you. Um, I did include in the podcast description um, uh, a few numbers for suicide hotlines, and if you are in a state of emergency, please call 911. They can they can help you. And if, like I said, if you're sensitive to this topic and you want to talk to somebody, reach out. You know, I, I don't have the answers, but I'm more than happy to direct you to somebody who can help. And, um, yeah. Oof. So this is a really emotionally charged episode. Um, We share a lot about grief and trauma. And it made me really emotional. Listening back to it, I was was definitely tearing up. And yeah, life is hard. Being a human is so fucking hard. And that makes me so much more grateful to have amazing people that I have on this podcast who are willing to share their stories. And I also want to point out, I do not take it lightly that folks come on here and share and are vulnerable. I feel so honored that they trust me with their story. That's not a gift that I take lightly. And it's really just my honor to to share 
their experiences and their wisdom with all of you. So I won't go on too long because um, this is a bit of a longer episode (laughs) that tends to happen when I'm just really connecting with somebody. We just kind of flow and time passes relatively quickly. So yeah, we can go ahead and get into it. This week's guest is a yoga instructor and she specializes in yoga for trauma recovery. So we talk a lot about how yoga plays a part in trauma recovery. And I first learned how powerful yoga can be for trauma survivors through the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which I will also link in this week's podcast description. And so I've been really curious about learning more about it. And so I was so excited. Um, I just happened to be on Instagram. I think I had followed another account and this week's guest came up and I immediately said, I want her on the podcast. And she was kind enough to agree to come on. Um, So she is really fabulous. She is so kind and so thoughtful and, and so informed and a real advocate in the yoga space as well as the mental health space. And I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So please, everybody, give a fabulous warm welcome to this week's guest, Brenda Blanco. Well, welcome, Brenda. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited, too. I'm so grateful that I get to share this message with a whole nother community. You know, I'm a part of just a little, a little crumb. But if we start throwing all these crumbs all over, guess what? We all find our little way home. We find our way home with all that help, you know? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, so you're a yoga instructor and I, for my personal story, I, um, at first I was like, I don't, I can't do yoga. I was like, it's not fast enough. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And I want to say it was just like within the past like three years that I started doing yoga regularly. And now it's like at least twice a week I do yoga because it helps to center me and I've been able to like find that grounding. Um, So I'm hoping that you'll tell us a little bit about your practice and uh, the work that you're doing in the yoga space. Okay, so I practice, you know, all kinds of different types of yoga. But right now I am teaching trauma recovery yoga. Trauma recovery yoga is, you know, your verbiage, you're sensitive to other people's, you don't know what other people go through. So your verbiage is trauma sensitive. You know, we don't touch people. We don't play music because we don't want to take you out of that place, out of the mat. You know, music can set you off and send you out of the room. We don't call upon you. Like if you leave the room, we're not gonna chase. Where are you going? Because it's hard already. It's hard already. And we are very ask permission. We don't know if someone wants to be touched or not, and we'll ask that permission. It's it's a safe space, and we we've taken it even to the children. To the children, we will call it out, and we'll give we'll give everyone a choice whether you want to sit and breathe or move with us, you're already doing yoga. Mm -hmm. That's the point where I'm at right now. Uh, I also got my certification in 200. So, you know, they're two separate things because you can go and learn yoga, but trauma sensitive yoga is a whole nother thing. 
And not everyone's going to, not every teacher is going to want to, to talk about trauma. You know, I've heard everyone's been through something, but a lot of people don't like to, like to share space with others or, you know, and you're not, and you can't, you can't look down upon someone that just wants to kind of move on mm-hmm. and not work in that area and be in the faster pace. Like, oh, it's going to be more of the physical, you know, you like some people work on abs, you know? We're working on the the central nervous system way deeper. But I mean, so are they, but we kind of focus more on that message. You're safe. You're okay. You can move or not move. And that mat is your mat. That mat is your safe space. Mm -hmm. That's where, that's the kind of yoga I teach right now. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think it's really important, the like asking permission, because I've definitely had instructors just like come up and like reposition me. And I'm like, I don't like to be touched by people I don't know. I yeah. think it's weird. <laughs> and it could be aggressive. One time somebody stepped on my foot and I, w- I had barely started, you know, Some, somebody stepped on my foot trying to adjust me. And I'm like, um, what? what like uh, you know who I am but you know I'm I'm just me but still in my head I'm like what the fuck was that yeah you just step on me and do that but learning moving on because I started for the first thing I did you know I came across yoga as just practicing learning and then my brother took his life in 2016 totally changed our lives totally changed our life you know I say death is the most unbelievable, realest thing ever. You know, it's, you can't, you can't believe it. You can't believe it. So, you know, as, as a mom, my mental health wasn't right. My mental health wasn't right. I started working out, you know, I lost all kinds of weight. I lost like about 40 pounds and I still had to let go of the stuff that was weighing heavy on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, I found this, um, I found this, this gentleman on social media. Social media is a big, big help, you know, social media brought this um, event to my attention. It, it was called Silence of Asana. So you put earphones on and it was out here in Las Vegas and this gentleman would go to different pools and offer free yoga. The pool would fill up 500, 500 so people. The evening was beautiful. The, you know, the desert sky is amazing. His words were so, so cool that, you know, it's like no one's going to understand what you're going through because they're not going through it. They're not you and they're never going to see it in that way. You know, his name's Drake Gardner. If you if you could look him up, oh, he's he's awesome. I tell him, I go, you changed my life. He said, no, you didn't change your life. I didn't change your life. You changed your life. His words just touched my soul. And with the movement, I was just like, okay. Because just like you, I was like, yoga, what? I can't sit there. My brain, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't shut it off. You know, and it's not about that. It's. It's way, way different. And with you moving and getting to that meditation part with you working the asanas, you know, that's when you get to that point. And I didn't understand that because I've never, 
I don't, I didn't know anybody that did yoga. Yeah, same. You know, I was, um, you know, Mexican girl, Latina, Spanglish, like the, my, my Instagram name, La Spanglish Yogi, like grew up in the culture, lowriders, all that stuff, you know, rap music, Spanish music, that mixture. But we didn't know about yoga. It'd be like, that's some, that's some other people's shit, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, not ours, but as I broadened my horizons and we moved to Las Vegas and meeting different people, this girl's like, you should try yoga. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. Fuck that Zen shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it totally changed my life. Yeah. It totally changed my life. So my mom in 2018, so my brother took his life in 2016. My mom in 2018 totally was driving, was in the car with my sister. And she said, let's go visit let's go visit Weddle. You know, that's my brother's nickname. And my sister's like, what? He's doesn't live there anymore. And she's like, what? She's like, yeah, he's no longer with us, you know? So she totally lost her memory. Didn't recognize us. Didn't remember that he passed away. Couldn't remember anything. We had to put her in a mental behavior hospital. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we had to put her in a mental behavior hospital. They had to work on, they had to work with her, you know, put down a finger for that one child that isn't here anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the oldest of six. Put down that one. Now there's only five. You know, she had our names written on her fingers. And I was like, what happened? Like what? The, The doctors didn't give us any, any answers. Brain scans didn't find anything, you know? And I was like, that has to do with him passing away. Like the stress, everything. And suddenly like trauma, I, you know how the internet works. I don't know what it's listening to if it figures something out, but trauma recovery yoga popped up. I found them. I found a community. I'm able to grow with them. We're able to help children and child child haven is a place where kind of the kids go in their halfway point after juvenile hall or they get taken away from their parents Mm -hmm. so we help them in there and after after all that i just said i want to go deeper i want to learn more so i got my 200 hours 200 hours in grief pushed me here trauma pushed me here I wanted to learn more about how the brain can just shut down, you know, like literally it shut down. Like her eyes were black. If you, I hope, I would hope in my heart that no one ever sees that because that's, it was hard. And I don't think even a lot of people in our family to this day understand it on how real it was and how scary it was how heartbreaking it was, how mentally exhausting it was for all of us too. Mm-hmm. You know, my little sister and my little brother were young when my brother um, took his life. And yeah, everyone was little. We had a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Have you have you read the book, The Body Keeps the Score? Um, no, that's one on my list. Like that's what we talk about in our, um, in our training for trauma mm-hmm. recovery yoga. Yeah. Uh, we talk about that book and I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that, you know, who like, 
social media has brought all these things. Like, I don't know where I'd be if there wasn't any social media because it's brought all these people and connections to like that, like that book. Like I would never have known that that book is out. Yeah. I, I read it. it it's a hard read, but it's, it's very good. Um, but yeah, in it, the author talks a lot about how our body like holds on to trauma. And like, when we think about our body and our brain, like the purpose of both of them is to keep us alive and to keep us safe. And so it's fascinating how far the brain and the body will go to compensate for trauma. And so it's like having to relearn things and having to like constantly tell yourself, I'm safe, I'm safe. Like, mm -hmm. And I think because of that, so many of us who have experienced trauma, um, we, we don't really connect with our bodies. And so I think that's why, that's why yoga for trauma makes so much sense to me. And that's not to say that I think that it's easy for folks who have experienced trauma and are now practicing yoga, um, but I think it's necessary. Um, so can you tell us a little bit how, um, how yoga can help with trauma recovery? In my experience, because that's the only place I can really speak from, is you have that, say, for instance, like you have that sequence that stays the same. Because when you experience trauma, everything is out of whack. Mm -hmm. So you can have a sequence that's just the same, always the same. You know that you're not going to have to stand on your head. You know, no one's going to come touch you. So you know what it is. It's that structure. And it's the choice that you have for for moving or sitting. Mm -hmm. That's that's where I feel like it's different than any other place. Cause some it's classes are always changing, you know. The sequence me as so I'll have the trauma recovery yoga um the sequence and then I'll have the other sequences where you always have to change it up because some people don't like the same thing. If they're not going to the trauma recovery yoga, they don't want to keep on doing the same thing. People that have dealt with trauma and are experiencing healing and are wanting to heal and be in the moment need that structure, mm -hmm. need that connection with the breath, need that connection with the ground and reminding them that that connection is safe it's okay to move your body how you wish. It's just that reminder and that structure and that breath. Um, we talk about losing losing your breath, like losing your breath when trauma happens. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the last time you took a deep breath? You know, do you remember that last time you took it down past your lungs into your belly and held it, it there and, and noticed that it was there? Right. You yeah, know, the last time I, I did that was in yoga. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I feel like yoga can also like we share these positive affirmations. So you're rewiring your brain. You're sending positive messages to yourself because we are replaying that story over and over. I don't know how many times I replayed the story over and over. I don't know how many ways I thought I could figure things out. You know, that hamster wheel inside your head sitting down breathing, taking that structure. It's the same. I have, I have friends that 
would show up every Wednesday, we still show up for each other. There's local classes that would keep, as the instructor, you wouldn't be like, I need to call off. You would get, you wouldn't cancel the class because us as trauma survivors need that. But that's helping me. That's healing me. That's the structure. It's the structure and it's the deep breath and it's the connection. I'll say it over and over again because that's what helped me. It helped me remember even when our house, like we bought a house, the pipes were non-existent in this house. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we had to have somebody come in and they, it was, it was a messed up story. We had to live at my mom's house and it was all during COVID. So it was like deep down quarantine, you know? So imagine me and my whole family, I have four kids, four kids, a little dog. And then I have my brothers and sisters over there. Well, four brothers, I mean, two, one brother, two sisters, and then my mom and my dad, all of us living in one house. Like my anxiety, my nerves were like, I can't, like, I swear I was losing my hair. Like I was losing my hair, but what helped me was that structure of having the sequence of having that. I know that I'm going to go into this warrior. I know that I'm going to come into this down dog right here. And that sequence was in my, in my mind. It's in our book. It's in, and however we want to do it, we just want to sit and breathe. That's where it is. It's just finding that space where I'm okay. I'm safe. And the movement, the movement heals and helps and sweats and gets you going, but you're not hurting. You're not pushing down, you know, just like the verbiage in other, other workout routines, you know, like, don't give up. You know, don't, you know, you don't want to do this. You can't give, like, I, I know it's like, it, 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 they don't mean it that way, but it's like, it triggers something in a trauma survivor, you know, especially oh, sure. like suicide, you know, you know, it's like, it triggers something. And this is where I can be like, I'm okay. And I'm not going to hear those words and I'm not going to hear somebody like, come on, come on. You, you know, you can do it. You can do it. And it's not what I want to do right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that part of like being trauma informed when it comes to yoga is recognizing that like we all have different needs and we all have different abilities and that it can like ebb and flow from day to day. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really important to me to know that like sometimes I just need to take a child's pose. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that plank. Maybe I'm going to go into downward dog. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just going to sit and be, you know, just be Mm -hmm. like, I think that's so important. And yeah, I I agree 100% like doing workouts and they're like, don't give up now or like, keep pushing, push yourself harder. I'm like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) You know, everything takes work, but at the same time, it's hard to hear certain things certain times. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand it. Yeah. You know, even though they've been like that through their own trauma, mm-hmm. they're not going to understand, like I said, mine. Because right. they are not me. Yeah. But in that trauma-informed class, you will be understood. You will be heard. And we will try our best to keep you in the moment right Mm -hmm. right yeah it's it's interesting because it's almost like you know that little bit of time that you're on the mat is 
it's a reprieve from all the all the wildness that's going on in the world Mm -hmm. and at the same time you're like getting in touch with your body and and I just think it's such like a beautiful like grounding experience and so I love that you're that you're focused on this and particularly from a a trauma-informed point of view especially when we think about you know I feel like the the typical vision of a yoga instructor is like the thin white woman eating salad like and and doing the poses perfectly and we know that yoga is so much more than that and so it's not about like doing the perfect pose it's about figuring out how it feels in your body and like figuring out how your body wants to move and what feels good to you. And so I get so excited when I see people who break out of that stereotype of the the thin white woman yoga instructor and who make it accessible for everybody. And so I really appreciate that you are in this space. I I recently started getting my nails done. I'm like, is that yoga? Is that yoga? And I'm like, but I feel so cute, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is me. Like, I can't fake the funk. And I can't not do something because it doesn't fit the aesthetics, you know? Yeah. And we will cuss in our class, you know? And even if, even when I teach my other type of yoga, like vinyasa, it's still, I still do it in Powery because I, I feel like that's very much me. Yeah. Very much me. And I still, I am that, I still am that trauma-informed yoga teacher. Yeah. Whether I'm teaching the sequence that I teach for trauma recovery yoga and also the sequence that I teach out of the out of out of the out of that label. I do play music, but I try to play music where it's like, okay, we're gonna be chill in this. Also, you know, I'm not gonna throw some, you know, people do throw their heavy their heavy rock or heavy rap, but you know, I like I like the lo-fi beats. I like to keep it instrumental, you know, and I still try to push that push that message, you know. I would like to I don't like to say put put your butt in the air, you know. Send your send send your um sit bones up in the air. Send send your hips up. Send you know. Right. I still try to keep it like that because I I am that trauma informed teacher deep down inside. I I am triggered because I am I have been hurt. I have lost. I have gained. I have I have learned. I have grown. And that's that's why I'm deep down inside, deep down where I take that deep breath, you know? Mm-hmm. And will always be. And I I just want to share that message with the community. And who's ever willing to learn? I don't. I don't push yoga on my kids because I don't want them to hate it in the long run. I don't push yoga on my family because if it's not their thing, you can't make some something be someone's thing. Right. You know. Even if we've all been through the same thing, not everyone grieves the same. Not yeah. everyone heals the same. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is the same, even though they are from the same pod. You know, yeah. or mom pod. You know. But that's all I can do is share this message and be this teacher, even when I'm not playing music and when I'm playing music. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think it's so powerful. And I mean, that's really, that's what I strive for on this podcast. And Mm -hmm. my mission as a person is to like, highlight people who are living their authentic selves and who empower others to do the same. And so that's part of the reason why I was so excited to have you on because you do that. You know, you say you show up and you say, this is who I am. This is what I'm working with. And, and then you hold space for others to show up as they are and and Mm -hmm. bring what they're working with to the table, um, which is so important. So like if, like if somebody who didn't typically do yoga but wanted to try like the yoga for trauma recovery and they were taking those courses is it something where they do it like is there like a prescription plan i guess no no i think it's all all ultimately up to the person we'll have like me i could have just shown up taking the course and stood back and not done with anything with it mm-hmm. And then there's people that come to the class and will continue coming to the class and will continue coming to the class and they befriend everybody in the class, practice, show up for themselves, breathe. Like we had this place called 705. Oh, it was so cute. It was just like right in the middle of like Las Vegas Boulevard by downtown Las Vegas. And you'd have the same people show up every Wednesday. You know, they weren't a part. They weren't teachers. They they weren't doing that. They wanted to practice. They wanted that place on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. That's where they wanted to be. Not They weren't necessarily wanting to learn how to teach it or learning on how to move it. Nobody ever talked about, okay, it's my time to move on. Right. You know, if you've seen some people and and seen them again or never seen them again you know you can't you can't tell people when they're ready it's ultimately up to the person Mm -hmm. just like how you can't tell a teacher to teach trauma recovery yoga it's all ultimately up to the person yeah i wish i wish i could be like you're healed ding (laughs) i that's like that's what some people like my kids will ask like what magic power would you like i'm like I'm just like to heal everybody, everybody. But yeah, you can't, I wish we could just give that prescription up. No, I just, I guess in a way like me, I guess I could use myself because went into learning from Dre, just like practicing and then got certified and started teaching. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on and be, a different level type of teacher get certified in my 200 hours learn from different people and with that you mix it here i am a cheesy hot here i am <laughs> no i love that it was very burlesque like so i'm all about it I'm learning like... there you go yeah <laughs> No, but I mean, that's all we can do is hope people are just ready to move on when they're when they're ready. We don't we can't tell anybody when they're ready to heal, when they're re- their grief is done. Your leg is not broken anymore. You know, you can't do that. I mean, I guess in a sense you could look at the x-rays, but with it's other type of trauma, you can't find it in the x-ray. I wish you could. Right. Yeah, well, and and like grief, you know, I don't think grief ever goes away. 
I think that you you learn how to carry it and sometimes you learn faster than others and other times you forget you know and I don't think that's necessarily wrong like it's just always going to be with you and so I think there are times where I have to like sit with it more and then there are other times where I like have to wrap it up and put it in a box and like save it for later because I just can't. Do you feel like your like yours pops up during certain seasons? So, uh, well, I'll I'll share my experience. So, my dad died. It's going to be two years. I'm um, so sorry. Early February, yeah, and he had a very very ugly bout of cancer. And so it's interesting, actually, and I think this is why part of the reason why I'm so drawn to yoga is when when he was sick, um, we would do yoga in bed as a way to like kind of like keep him moving. And so it was, you know, mostly like wrist circles and stuff and just little things that he could do um, because he was very weak and thin and really couldn't eat, couldn't get out of bed. And then I was taking care of him for the first six weeks of 2020 oh my goodness yes and so i he he was in iowa so i would drive back and forth to iowa on the weekends i'd come home and take care of my cats and just kind of like try to you know just kind of refresh myself and so on this particular day um the friday before we had gone to his doctor's appointment and we had just gotten him uh all cleared for medical marijuana which I was super excited about because my dad was super fucking straight laced like (laughs) it took so much convincing and so after his doctor's appointment I came home Friday night Saturday um as part of my self-care routine I was doing yoga and um I I saw that um, my bonus mom is what I call her my dad's girlfriend um she, she was calling me and I considered not answering it, but I was like, fuck, I'm going to feel guilty if I don't. So I paused. I was doing yoga with Adrian. Love <laughs> and, her. Oh my gosh. She's great. Um, and so I paused the video and Karen said, you know, I have something really sad to tell you. Your dad died. And yeah. it, I just remember like collapsing into the ground on my yoga mat and sobbing the ugliest I have ever sobbed in my life like snot coming out of my nose like the whole thing I didn't want to believe it was real I you know there's still times where I think I'm just living in like this awful dream um and so it was really hard and then I remember my first like yoga class back I was in the gym um doing a yoga class and when we got into shavasana I just cried I like tears just rolled down my face and it I still get it from time to time I'll be like doing yoga in my living room and I'll turn my head and I'll see a picture of him and you know it gets me and so I find that sometimes it's really random things like the Wienermobile always drives around here and my dad was very goofy so it's like it makes me laugh and it also like gives me a ping of like ah oh, like this I want to text my dad and tell him that I just saw the Wienermobile. Um, so it's like weird shit like that. And then it's also like holidays, um, you know, Father's Day with the with the two year anniversary coming up. Like I'm feeling it more so now. Um, and so 
yeah, it it kind of ebbs and flows for me. And it, even just like sometimes on random days where I just think, God, I wish I could tell him this or I wish he could see this or, you know, things of that nature. So, so yeah, I, I feel like uh, grief is a great teacher and a really fucking cruel one. <laughs> Oh, hold on! You make me cry. <sighs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't make. I don't mean to make you cry. I'm. I'm getting I'm a, much more sensitive as I age. So, <laughs> I'm a crier. I cry. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. It's a. It's the meanest pusher ever. It is that nudger. It's just. It could hold you down or push you forward. It's. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's and it's hard. It's so hard when like you see somebody else going through it too because you you know that you could do anything to make it better, but there's nothing you can do. Yes. Oh my god, those are those are the fucking coolest words that I've heard of trying to help somebody like oh my god. Yeah. Say those just... again. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again cuz when you see somebody else going through grief, you could you would do anything to help them and know that there's nothing you can do. And and you can't, you can't, you can't give advice. No. Because that's theirs, you know? That's that's theirs. Yeah. Oh man. It's of one of the most helpless feelings for the person going through it and for somebody who <sighs> wants to help that person. For sure. Grief it's is like, a monster. It's like, I've come so far, but I can still never tell you what to do. Right. Right. There's still, there's not a good answer. What did somebody say? There are as many different ways to, to grief as there are people in this world. Yeah. I don't know where the hell that came from. Somebody said that. It's, but, it's super true, though. I mean, even in my own experience, like... I I deal with my grief in a much different way from, you know, my bonus mom and from my my grandfather. And like we're all just completely different. And so I try to hold space for like this is what helps me, but it may not be what helps them. Exactly. It's for sure. Yeah. And it's hard to navigate. And I feel like I wish that we talked about grief more. I I think that we're starting to, but it's like, I think that's part of being trauma-informed, is I recognizing. Feel like, I feel like it stops, like, after the funeral. Mm-hmm. It stops. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And nobody understands, just like how my mom is now on all kinds of meds mm-hmm. to help her throughout her grieving journey. And it's like, I'm not going to tell her get off the meds because that's what's keeping her keeping her here you know yeah it's such an untethering experience I feel like um yeah and for myself I actually feel kind of grateful for the pandemic in a way because it was like my dad died February 7th and then I had like a few weeks of of like time off. I spent two weeks back in the office and then 
the pandemic hit and that was it. And so for me, it was like the world was reflecting the change that I was feeling. Damn. Yeah. Where it was like, cause I, I couldn't imagine a world without my dad in it. You know, it, it just didn't make sense to me. And so with the pandemic, it was like the world is forever changed. The entire world is feeling this shift. And like, I, you know, it probably sounds like vain and conceited to some, but that's just the way that I've had to deal with it. And finding my gratitude in the midst of grief has not been easy. And it's also something that really works for me. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. I'm I'm so sorry that you have you ha- are going through this. How did you who do you have around you? Who's supporting you? Who's who are you with besides your kitties? Uh, how did you how did you you yeah. know because community is a big deal. Support is a big deal. Uh, who did you have? Yeah, well, I feel really grateful and I say this all the time. I have an amazing group of friends. Like uh my best friend Rachel, she gave me probably the best card anybody could have when my dad died and it essentially what it said is like we can eat or not eat we can talk or not talk like whatever you want to do i'm here for you and i i thought that was so respectful of like i can't fix it for you and i wish i could but i can't so i'm there for you Mm -hmm. um and that was really really powerful um my and then coincidentally, my good friend Mickey, uh, her mom actually, uh, I think it was like a month or so later, ended up getting diagnosed with the same type of cancer as my dad, had the same surgery. And fortunately, she's doing like really well now. Um, and so that brought us cl- closer together. And it was a situation where it felt nice to have somebody understand my anger and my sadness and my anxiety um and she's become one of my best friends as well um and then like karen and i really depended on each other because we were the ones taking care of my dad you know we we saw how hard it was for him and we saw the pain in his eyes like it's hard to see a parent like that right yeah, it's it's not something that like I could have ever prepared myself for. You know, my dad was always this very like jovial, happy-go-lucky, goofy guy. He <laughs> he only yelled at me once, my entire life once when I was 27. That's <laughs> <laughs> He yelled at me and it was when he was sick and you know, I was trying to get him to eat and he just yelled at me and said, I don't want it. And then he started crying because he felt bad for yelling. And then I started crying because he was crying. And then Karen came home and she was crying. And so it was just a oh big freak God. show. Um, but yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to watch somebody's life just slip away from them and to see the despair. It's hard. And I feel like that entire experience really changed my outlook on life. And so it's what led to me leaving my super cushy job with benefits to start my own business and to do this podcast and to, and to work with others 
and to not to not waste time worrying about what other people are going to think because at the end of the day they're all gonna die i'm gonna die so let's like live this one life that we have and like i recognize that comes from a place of privilege of being able to to do that and to embrace you know the 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 craziness of life but it's so true it's like why 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 worry about the small things and sometimes it's easier to do than others but like it's just been such a a learning opportunity for me i honestly don't know where i'd be but i'm here mm-hmm. i'm here and you know after my brother took his life i i ran the only thing i could do is run and raise awareness because i was like first of all latinos mexicans the like i said what's that what's the what's mental health just because people don't know about mental health i wasn't going to let people talk because they didn't understand so i started raising awareness for mental health that's where my grief took me raise awareness for mental health because my brother did not die in vain he was going through some shit in his head that we do not know mm-hmm. and we did not understand and we still this to this day don't understand don't know why don't get it when i started raising awareness i started a nonprofit raising awareness for mental health and i'm like i'm gonna get this message out no one else is gonna fucking die you know if we can get on meds if we could go to therapy if we could do anything we can to possibly save another person i'm opening my i'm opening my mouth mm-hmm. you know because nobody really talked about what happened you know so i'm opening my mouth like they talked about it but not talked about it you know yeah just how i remember my friend asked me what happened i was like i don't know but that's just like right then and there and i'm like i can barely i can barely think this is it just happened like five hours ago you know i don't know so that's where i started looking into everything that's where grief took me like fuck it like i can't fight his fight but i'm gonna fight for everybody else Find out about the walks, you know, the the suicide prevention walks, um, pages, share information. And, you know, people started coming to me like, hey, this and this. And I'm like, don't sweep it under the rug. Don't sweep it under the rug. This is real. Mental health is real. And I don't know what happened in the world. Or I don't know if it's because I, I went into that mental health world that everybody started talking about their mental health. And I'm like, yes, let's open up this world. Let's open up this world, you know? Still to this day, you'll have some people that don't get that it's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I I had a lot of people message me and hopefully, you know, I've seen some stories where they're they're thriving now and I'm so happy for those people. If his memory can live on through me in raising awareness and now with yoga, I still share that you matter. I I am loved. I am brave. You know, it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to take your meds. It's okay to to ask for help as a male, as a yes. female, as a mother, as a father, as a uh independent pro, you know, as a head household. 
it's okay to ask for help. That's where my grief took me. Just flip that rug up and shake that shit out. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this happen again. I don't want this to happen. You know, now I have my son in therapy because you know what? It's okay. It's okay for them to talk to someone else. They're not always going to want to talk to their parents. You know, you were a teenager. I was a teenager. There you go. And if someone wants to talk about it and not talk about it, it's your choice. But please, if you get to that point where you need help, I'm here. I can direct you. Do you need to, like we found this out, my sister and I, um, my mom, you know, unfortunately she had to go again to the mental behavioral hospital because she just, you know, it was during Christmas time. She just wasn't, wasn't feeling herself. So my sister tried to walk her to the to the hospital. No, you have to take her to the emergency room and then they have to bring her over here. So, you know, we're, we're learning on our journey. We're learning. Mm-hmm. But this is where our grief has taken us to learn more, to grow more, to share more, to be present. And also set those boundaries up, you know? Yeah set those boundaries up where, Hey, you're hurting that person. You need to step away for a little bit. Hey, you're hurting. You need to step back. Also, you need to rest, 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 rest. I never understood how to, I never knew how to rest until I found yoga. It's yeah. it's so weird. Like how we were talking about, like my brain doesn't shut down like that. Like I would never like sat on the couch with my husband. My husband would be like, why do you always move? I don't know. I feel like I have to move all the time. So now I I could sit and I could sit with the person I've become, the the grief that I carry, the the purpose that I have now. Mm -hmm. I could sit, I could breathe because that hole was hard to get up. I lost friends after I lost my brother. I lost the way I was living and it's okay to grieve that. We'd like to, we would like to drink and, and it was always like, you're celebrating, you're celebrating. And at the time, like it wasn't a celebration anymore. Mm-hmm. The drinks weren't happy drinks anymore. And my grief sent me to, it's time to step away from alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's time to get sober. And sometimes I'm like, should I, I could just be cool and have all these friends again. But then it's like, no, I love this world that I'm in. And those friends weren't meant to come on this part of this journey with me. Right. You know, and I just recently retired from doing hair because I, my mental health, I was like, I'm not liking the vibe, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling it. I, I can't, I want to run away from this four hour hair process and my grief, my training allowed me to say, okay, it's time to step away Yeah. because I felt like, I had to take care of those clients. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have, you, you went back two weeks, same. Hey, can I get a haircut? Bro, my brother just died, you know? Right. Like, do I really, do you really need that haircut? <laughs> but there, there I felt the guilt and I had to go back. Mm-hmm. I had to go back. I had to take care of those people, but not taking care of myself. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's okay to step back and, Hopefully people could learn and 
like I said, other a lot of people go through trauma. A lot of people hold their trauma differently. And I never wish this upon anybody. But this is where I'm at because of of grief and and I had a fight. I had a fight out of that hole. Even though I wanted to take care of everybody, I can't take care of everybody if I'm not taking care of myself. Yeah, that's, that's so important. And I feel like, you know, people have been saying it a lot during this pandemic and it can sound kind of trite, but like you have to put on your mask before you can put on anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And I, but it's true. It's so true because it's not putting me first it's also taking care of me. And so in order for me to be my best self, I also need to take care of me. And my hope is that in in the very near future, we will look at mental health differently. You know, I think we're starting to make those shifts, but there's still a lot of work to be done because we live in a very capitalistic, patriarchal, puritanical society. Mm -hmm. um, but... I, I think we're going to see more people holding space for grief, for mental health, and recognizing that we don't always have to be in hustle mode. And also recognizing, like, I, I mean, I struggle with my own mental health, and it's really easy for us to gaslight ourselves and say, well, I'm not, I don't have it as bad as so-and-so, mm -hmm. and therefore, I'm not going to seek tre treatment, or it's all in my head or whatever and I it can take a lot to like get over that hump and ask for the help that you need and so that's why I think it's so important to have voices like yours out here who are saying no you are important if you feel like something is wrong ask for help you know what's the worst that's going to happen ask for help seek that validation and it can be a scary thing to do, you know, especially for people who, you know, may feel out of control. And at the same thing, it's the best thing that they can do for themselves. And also remember, if you go to see a therapist and you don't like that therapist, you do not have to stick with that therapist. Yes, I yes, see yes. A therapist, that person spoke about themselves mm -hmm. the whole time and compared herself the whole time. I'm like, girl, whose therapy session is this? I did not go back. <laughs> I sent a long text to like her intern. I was like, we're not going to do this because blah, 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 you know? And yes, you can go through as many therapists as you need to, to find your therapist because you don't have to go to the first one or because your mom told you to go to that one or your cousin or your best friend says that's the best one just because it works for them doesn't mean it works for you yeah you know and you know there's people there's some that you can look for that are maybe in the lgbtq community you know if that's important to you and you feel like that's what you need to connect for with look for someone like that look for someone like that if it's a male you need to connect with go over there if it's a female go there yeah. It's a they, them, you know, go there. Mm -hmm. There are so many you can choose from. Just not that one because your cousin went there. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, that's it. Like, that's a big thing because you don't, you're like, okay, that's it. 
I'm done. That one didn't work out. And it's hard. It's hard to keep on trying because insurances are weird. Yep. Or sometimes they're all booked. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. When we can Google and we can ask a friend and there's five different therapists in there, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the mental health space is hard to navigate. And again, that's why it's helpful to have advocates like yourself who, because, you know, when you're, when you're in that dark hole, it's hard to Google, you know, it's hard to get yourself to, to read things about people and to sort through all of this and insurance and whatnot. And so that's where I think, you know, advocates like you are so helpful because breaking it down and saying like, Hey, here are all the different options. Like, this one really worked for me. I don't know if it'll work for you, but if you'd like to try them out, that's an option. Like, I think that's so important. So again, I just have to thank you for all the work that you're doing in this space. I'm just doing my, what did my, my friend say? She's pretty cool. She said, I'm just being obedient. I'm just being obedient in what's calling for me. And I see my, oh, gosh, when I seen them take him out of his apartment, it's like, how can a big, powerful human being be there? That, how is that him? But you know what? I, I strongly believe that only with his guidance, you know, only with his guidance. And like I said, like, how, how would I ever would have, like I looked at my DMs and I never, I never pay attention, you know. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go, let's go, you know. And Kelly, look at I get to share with you. I get to hear from you. I get to even learn from you, you know. And it's it's his. I had this dream when he when he passed. I know we're probably going over time, but I had this dream when he passed and. It was a room full of people and it was jujitsu. He did jujitsu, you know, he was a black belt. Um, and it was this room and, and all these different people, he was in them. So I feel like in everyone that I've come across, he's been connecting me to everybody as much as I helped myself out of the hole. I know he did too. You know, we were only like 15 months apart, not not that much apart. So, like I said, he was my first friend. But I feel like I've just been being obedient and in the gut feelings of connecting with certain people in certain situations, you know, certain classes, certain certain movements and just the way in in general and living and not settling in, loving and growing and yeah. and moving forward has, I've never heard used those words, you know, moving forward because that's all we could do. We could look back and just learn. We could see how far we've come, but we're not going back that, that way. Right. We're not going that way. We're just moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I actually got chills when you talked about um, them bringing his body out and thinking, how could so much personality just be this? I I had a very similar experience. Um, 
my dad was cremated and I remember the day after his memorial and I was I did not want to be there for the memorial I I was sobbing I had to get drunk like that was the only way I was gonna get through it uh, there was a lot of gin being served to me <laughs> um, but the next day you know we went to pick up all the plants and the pictures and there was a big picture they had printed out of my dad and it was sitting in a chair with his ashes and I just remember looking over and putting my hand on top of the box you know with his urn in it and thinking how how could this big personality this person who means so much to me fits into this tiny box oh I know girl oh it just doesn't make sense and it never will and then it's interesting you said do you have a lot of dreams about your brother you know in the beginning sometimes they come but not as often as you know you'd wish but you're like that's a visitation <laughs> yeah i i will occasionally have dreams about my dad um and they were more so like right after he died um and then typically around like holidays and like birthdays and stuff like that i'll start to get more frequent ones of him but it's interesting like it seems like for me i can picture so much about him and there for a while i was dreaming that he was he was like still sick in all of my dreams uh now it's started to be where he's more looking like himself when he was healthy but the thing that i can never get right i can never get his voice right in my dreams and I can never get his laugh right. And those are two things that drive me fucking crazy. It took a long time for my brother to speak in the dreams. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that. And that's crazy that you say that because I thought it was only me. But they love us. Yeah. They love us and always will. Yeah, it's I and I always say, like, I just wish that he knew how much I love him, you know, and it's hard. It's hard. And you wish that you could just like for one moment, just like just like grab their shoulders and just say, I love you. And like, I love you so fucking much. And like knowing that that's never going to happen is so fucking hard. So all that to say, like. I wish I could make it better for you. And I know I can. Same sister, same. Same and I just want to hold that space for you. And, and recognize that like your grief is different from mine. And your healing is different. And I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge your pain. I see you. I hear you. And I'm so grateful for you holding that space. Because it's hard to talk to people when they haven't experienced a deep grief because they just don't get it yeah and i'm not saying that that's wrong of them but they just haven't experienced that that untethering as i think that's the only way i can describe it is like your reality and your world is changed forever because of this it's not something that you can adequately describe to somebody Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for people who, who just haven't gone through that. And even for people who have gone through it, you know, because we all experience it so differently and at different times in our life, 
even then it's, it's, it's just hard to articulate that to each other. Yeah, there's people that can just be that close and move on. But then there's people like us that like, I'm hurting, but I'm going to make something beautiful and keep your memory alive. Because I, I, I looked at your page. I seen, I seen your post about your dad. Mm -hmm. and, and when I was looking at that, I'm like, okay, angels brought us together. And and not everyone shares their angels. Not everyone shares their grief. But I feel like those few that do are just what did they say? You're carrying the you've been through through fire, but you come out with buckets of water. I don't I've know. Never I, don't heard know that. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Somebody <laughs> I should look like those that that been through something, come out with, you know, helping others. And there's some people that will just be like, you know, rest in peace. You were a big part of my life. It's time to not, they don't move on, you know, they move on in their own way. They grieve in their own way, but it's not loud. Yeah. In our way, you know? But we are who we are and there's no one like us and there's no one that's going through it like us. Exactly. And we're fucking special. You're damn right <laughs> we are. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we're special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, oh my gosh, I've loved this even more than I thought I would. I knew that I was going to enjoy this conversation, but like this has been so healing for me. And I'm so grateful. I, I don't I don't like subscribe to the whole like everything happens for a reason. But I think that sometimes the universe allows like paths to cross that are just undeniably like meant to be and inevitable. And I think this was one of those for me. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me today. Um, no problem. And I, I know we're over time, so I appreciate you, you know, being so open and sharing and, and willing to go over time with me as well. Um, but before, 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but before I sign off, um, I have to ask, how can we follow and support you in the work that you're doing? You can support me by being aware of your own mental health of your own emo emotions, being aware of others and noticing, you know, you know, you don't have to be hyper vigilant, but if someone comes to you and says, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me or, or I've had this and that um, financial trouble, uh, I'm just going to kill myself. You know, I know a lot of people use that as joking. I take it serious. Mm -hmm. So if you come across you know, a conversation like that, don't take it lightly because you don't know what someone's really deeply struggling with. It might sound like they're joking, but sometimes people hide behind that smile. Yep. You know, people hide behind that smile. And, you know, I don't, I don't teach online or anything like that, but in Las Vegas, sometimes we have classes out here, but you can follow, you can follow me or not follow me. It's all your choice. You know, Las Spanglish Yogi. So L A underscore S P A N I S H underscore Yogi Y O 
G-I underscore. My eyes cross. I'm like, what? What am I selling? <laughs> no, but you can do that. Or, you know, I'm a mom. I share my kids' pictures. I share. I'm just real and I'm not trying to fake the funk with anybody. And, and sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm sharing a, a nice cup of coffee or my dog. Or I'm telling you, breathe, breathe the deepest breath you've taken in this last week, in this last day. Or I'm sharing, you know, what's his name? Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I know. I like his teeth. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyways, but, you know, I'm I'm all those things. And I teach yoga and words and yoga and and being self-aware help me. So, I mean, I can't tell you what to do. But you can see what other people do and maybe you can heal the same way. And maybe not. Maybe your path is different. But just remember, take care of yourself. Fill up that cup and let it overflow into that saucer. And then, you know what? Get from there. Mm -hmm. Get from that little saucer and still have your cup full. Because this world is... 2022 some people have caught up some people have not caught up we're so advanced in technology but some of us as humans are just stuck in a different place mm-hmm. yeah be who you are be cool and make the space for your friends and listen 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 because that funny friend might be hurting that beautiful friend might be hurting. I know someone that just wanted to say one thing about their thing and never talk about it. And then you have people like us like, hey, I've been through this shit. I've been through this shit. I know that there's a way out of that fucking hole. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that don't ever tell you about the hole. Yeah. But just listen and be, be cool. And never, never stop loving yourself. That's what I like to tell the kids. Place your hands on your heart and say, I am brave. I am kind. I am smart. And then the strong light inside of me sees the strong light inside of you. I like to tell them that, you know, because who knows when they heard, I am brave. I am smart. Just remember those little things. Those affirmations are amazing. Even when my mom was in, um, was in the mental behavioral hospital. Guess what they used? Affirmations. Mm-hmm. Affirmations, quotes. They wrote about quotes. They talked about journaling. You think just because the yoga teacher's talking about it is like bullshit. No, that's what they do in the hospitals. Yeah. That's what they do in the hospitals. Journal. That's about talk. If you're shy, write it down. You know, use those quotes, share those quotes. Breathe. Well, I've I've so appreciated this conversation. Thank you again for joining me today. It's been oh, so, so delightful. And so I don't even know what the word I want to use is. It's been fantastic. Oh, that makes me happy. I'm so glad you, you shared with me. Thank you for listening to Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. 
please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like more content from Empowered Authenticity, make sure to follow on Instagram at empowered underscore authenticity. We'll see you next week. Wicked Temptations offers a variety of fun bedroom costumes, lingerie sets, and dancewear that will help you get in touch with your sexuality while feeling and looking like a damn snack. They offer a variety of styles and sizes to meet the needs for everyone and anyone. Click the link in this week's episode description to find that special sexy little thing that makes you feel like the diva you are today.